One, two, one, two, three, four. Hey everybody, it's Sam Jacobs. Welcome to the Sales Hacker Podcast. Today we've got another episode for you from the Revenue Collective offsite that we hosted in October at the Freehand Hotel. And we've got a conversation that we did with Ethan Butte. Ethan is the Chief Evangelist and the VP of Marketing at BombBomb. And BombBomb is a video engagement platform using video in the course of both sales and customer success conversations is an increasingly prominent part of our overall sales and technology stack, but also how people are engaging. I think the stats are that, you know, 80% of internet traffic in 2020 or 2021 will be around video. So I think the conversation of how to use video in the right way is a really interesting one. And that's what this conversation and that's what this podcast is all about. So I hope you enjoy it. Before we get there, we want to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor for today's show is Outreach. Outreach supports sales reps by enabling them to humanize their communications at scale. From automating the soul-sucking manual work that eats up selling time to providing action-oriented tips on what communications are working best, Outreach has your back. Now, without further ado, let's listen to Ethan Butte from BombBomb. For the next session, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking to Ethan Butte, who is one of the earliest employees at BombBomb. He's the VP of Marketing and their chief event, their chief evangelist officer. Is that right? Uh, officers speaking to the like microphone. It's a, it's chief evangelist. Yeah, chief evangelist. Awesome. So we're going to be talking about the power of video. Video is a emerging new technology that people are using across the customer journey, across the customer lifecycle. We want to understand that. Ethan's also the host of the Customer Experience Podcast, and what tell us about your book as well. It's in your bag, by the way. It's oh, called, that's it's called, great. It's called, yeah, it's funny how that worked <laughs> out. Uh, it's called Rehumanize Your Business. And the whole goal is to kind of standardize this, this approach that we'll be talking about, simple personal video in place of some of the typed out text that you and your team members are relying on every day. There are a number of problems with it, so we address that, and we give you best practices from a decade of teaching people to do this. Awesome. Okay, so first of all, Ethan, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. First of all, let's let's understand a little bit. We call it the baseball card. We want to contextualize your expertise. So you're the VP of Marketing and Chief Evangelist at BombBomb. Tell us in your words what BombBomb does. Uh, we make it really easy for you and your team members to get face-to-face with more people more often through simple personal videos. It allows you to communicate more clearly, build human connection, and ultimately convert at a higher rate. And that conversion could be a micro-conversion like a returned phone call or a reply to the email, or it could, of course, be a macro conversion like a signed contract or commitment. So um, before we dive into the discussion about video, let's learn a little bit about you. What's your background? How'd you, how'd you get into this? Yeah, I unexpectedly. Uh, came up through broadcast television. So I ran marketing and promotion inside local television stations in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Chicago, uh, Illinois, and where I live now, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And so when I moved out to Colorado to join the NBC station there, I met... Were you on air? I was not on air, no. You should have been on air. (laughs) Thank you. I'll tell you... Any comfort I have on camera or on a stage came A, exclusively through practice, and B, through a lot of practice. I've sent about 9,500 videos from my desk in other places just to communicate in a simpler way. And so you just get more and more comfortable with it. The skills you learn by using video are highly transferable. Wow. Okay. And how long have you been at BombBomb? Eight years full-time, and I was working with the two co-founders for about a year and a half prior to that. So television is a relatively dumb product. Uh, it's not that interesting after you've done it for some period of time. 
And so uh, I was doing a lot of project work and I was working on an MBA at the time. And so I met one of the two co-founders, started writing some email campaigns, landing pages, built them some early videos and really appreciated what they were up to and had this vision for normalizing simple personal videos along with a typed out email or a text message or a phone call or a LinkedIn message or all these other things that you and all of your team members are relying on every day. There's a vision there to rehumanize the way that we communicate every day because the technology has been there for years and there's just some human vulnerability that slows us down and holds us up. BombBomb is just a really interesting story in the sense. Are you self-funded? Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Friends and family money and then growing on revenue. And can you give us a rough ARR or revenue range? Yeah, beyond 20 million. Amazing. Completely self-funded, 10 years old, right? Never raised outside finance. Correct. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been really fun and interesting and challenging. There's, it obviously comes with some constraints, but it also comes with a lot of privileges. That's fantastic. All right, so let's dive into the topic a little bit and let's get you know, as specific and tactical as possible. So first of all, what are, tell us about some of the data. Why should we use video? I, I, again, like, I think there's a perspective that, you know, is it a gimmick? Is it a fad? Walk us through its efficacy and why it, why it matters. Sure. I'm going to go really, really high level to start, and then we can get into some specific... Actually, I'll start with some specific numbers. People report more replies and responses to their emails, more clicks through their emails, higher lead conversion, a greater ability to stay in touch effectively, more referrals and things like this. And I can all, all those numbers are in the first chapter of the book. It might even be in the introduction. What's really going on here, though, is that humans have been speaking to one another for well over 150,000 years. Estimates of how long humans have been speaking to each other range from as little as 50,000 years to over a million years. So I, I go conservative. I'll say 150,000 years. It's impossible to know. We've only been writing like phonetic sounds written down for about 5,000 years. But for the vast majority of that time, Almost all of us were completely illiterate. So it's only been in the past 500 years that literacy has even spread. So we've been looking each other in the eye in order to connect and communicate our messages, to communicate trust and sell things, persuade, convince, all these things that we need to do every day. We've been doing it 300 times longer eye-to-eye, face-to-face than any other way. And so this idea that we're spending the vast majority of our time leaving faceless voicemails and sending plain typed out text that doesn't differentiate us, it doesn't build rapport, it doesn't communicate nearly as well as if we could just look you in the eye. If I typed you a thank you email, hey, thanks so much, it was great to meet you. You might say, oh, that's nice. But if I look you in the eye and say, thank you so much for your time, I really enjoyed the conversation, you reminded me of this, this, and this, and I want to follow up on that other thing. It's just a different experience when you look someone in the eye. It's how we connect and communicate best. Okay, cool. I'm persuaded on that. Okay. So if we wanted to, all right, a couple more questions because it sort of sounds interesting. What should we use it for? Let's say, okay, we, we believe you that we need to incorporate video into some kind of outface, outward-facing messaging what does that mean? Where do we start? Should we, is it a tool that we buy for our sales development team to generate initial meetings? Absolutely. So there, I mean, initial meetings is a great, is a great go-to. So anywhere that you're, you're, you have some kind of a cadence of, again, voicemails, phone calls, hopefully demos or appointments, emails, text messages, LinkedIn requests, LinkedIn messaging, et cetera. As you look at all of that, you're going to find spots that it would benefit to be more clear in the communication, to build a little face-to-face, right? Like why not get earlier face-to-face, sorry, why not get face-to-face earlier and more often than that appointment that you're overworking to get? And so... Do you recommend it as first touch, like the first... 
it email we send to a new prospect it can work, but it, it, needs, it needs to be relevant. It's just like anything. If you're going cold into an account or going cold into someone's inbox, there's no magic there. You have to have the right message for the right person. It needs to be highly relevant. Video is not going to magically give you these things that don't exist. What they're going to help you do is get the right stuff faster because people are going to feel like they know you. There's a sense of social reciprocity and obligation. You're going to be able to let them know that you've actually done the work, right? When you slug their company name or slug their title or slug a, a default line about the industry that they're in, it doesn't, even if it's not a slug and you actually type those things or your team members did, it's not the same thing as looking them in the eye and speaking extemporaneously on that and letting them know you truly see them, truly understand them, speculate or actually know what some of their problems or challenges might be and really want to create an opportunity to talk. I think a first touch is a great way because A, again, I joined the company about 10 years ago. I thought this would move a hell of a lot faster. And here we are in basically 2020. And I've seen a number that says 25% of outbound teams are using video. I don't even believe it. I talked with a couple people last night, like I've never received a video email is what they told me. And the same thing, the publisher of the book got published by Wiley, who's just over the river in Hoboken. And uh, the guy that greenlighted the project on this panel of 12 people that were reviewing all the editorial options they had, do we want to get behind Ethan and Steve's book or the, all these other ones in front of them? None of them had received a video email. So this is, A, you're going to differentiate yourself just by acting differently, period. And ultimately, you are your own best differentiator. You are uniquely qualified to be yourself. No one is more uniquely qualified. And I don't care what you sell, whether you're selling, come join my team because your number one job is to recruit and retain and build talent. People are saying yes to you. When they say yes, they're saying yes to who you are, to the trust, rapport, relationship you've built. They're saying yes to the confidence that you've built in them for your vision for how to solve their problems and move them forward. And so you, I don't care what you do, you're a big part of the yes when it comes. Okay. So first touch is one place. Now, Good one. Yeah, sorry. We're, we're at first touch. First touch <laughs> is a great place. As soon as you set an appointment, sending an appointment reminder, this could be canned, but I always like it personal. Thank you so much for, for your time on the phone. Really looking forward to our appointment. If you do it canned, then it's all the details are down below. If it's not canned, then it's I'm so looking forward to seeing you on Zoom Thursday at 4 o'clock your time. I'm doing a lot of prep work in advance. If you have any questions in the meantime, let me know, right? So that's, that's a, cool. That's a good one. And there's a, um, you know, some of the pilot work that we've done with a variety of companies show that uh, it increases show rates. There's just a higher level of commitment there. And then, and then on the backside of the appointment is where the real money is because now you know them better and you can go back and readdress any of the object objections that came up. Go back and push the happy button that you discovered in that uh, demo or that appointment where you know what excites them, you know what concerns them, you know what they really need to move forward and all these other things. So following up afterward, especially if you're in a competitive situation, you don't necessarily know where you're presenting. Am I first in this order of the three companies they're evaluating? Second, third, whatever. This allows you to have that last talk. In addition, on the Sales Hacker podcast, there have been conversations about getting past the gate. Thank you. Yeah. It's great. And if <laughs> I you're love to meet my fans. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Um, so, uh, you know, this, when you send these videos in, especially in an after appointment thing where you can remind them of all the great opportunity, the positive things you heard, the things that lit them up, addressing the concerns that they have, not only are you letting them know that they've been seen and heard and understood, which is all any human being wants, 
I don't care if you're a type A out there or you're an alpha, you are desperate for admiration, attention, approval, just being seen and accepted and continue to be welcomed into the tribe. I don't care who you are, you need that at a deep fundamental human level for your own satisfaction and existence. And at this point, if you're in this room, all your basic needs are far beyond met. That's the one that remains uh, in addition to our own self-mastery. But you're allowing them to be seen and heard. But in addition, you're giving them a piece of communication that they can easily forward to anyone else that's in the mix on the decision. And now you are not reliant on the person who sat through that appointment with you to convey all the best stuff. You can present by sending them a video and they forward it out. And we see that all the time as well. And so you'll see it because the email gets opened 18 times, the video gets played 12 times. And it's not that this person is so crazy excited about your video because it's either a screen recording or it's a simple video while you're you know, safely parked in your car or sitting in your office or whatever the case may be. It's because it got forwarded and, and you allow yourself or your sales reps to present into the organization uh, with the best foot forward as opposed to relying on that translation from the person inside the organization. That's, that's fantastic. We're operationalizing. Let's say we just purchased a video platform. We're operationalizing it. We're getting feedback from the team that we're asking to use it. There's two pieces of feedback. One is, I feel like this is beyond what, whether you're confronting the objection of gimmicky. It's intrusive. I, I'm sensitive about my appearance. I don't really want to look at or interact with people that way. And I'm also concerned that the production quality is a little lower. It's a fisheye lens for my laptop. It just doesn't look right. And I'm feeling like I'm not conveying the right brand for the company. How do you address those objections? There were many objections in that objection. <laughs> and here's the deal. They're the most common ones. First, no one likes the way they look and sound. They don't. You are your own harshest critic. I want to tell you, if you record a video, if, if on the next break, you get out your phone, you record a video, and you text it to someone back at the office, and I'll just perform it here. Hey, Jeff, uh, it's Ethan. Uh, I'm out here at the Revenue Collective thing uh, at the Freehand if you're local or in New York City if you're not. I just want to tell you, you're just doing an awesome job. I really appreciate you. You know, like last month, you were at 125% of quota. The month before that, 138. You're really providing a lot of leadership on that team. You're taking feedback and criticism so well. I'm just so happy you're on the team, and I appreciate you so much. I hope you have a great Thursday and a wonderful weekend ahead. Do you think that would be meaningful to that salesperson? I want to work for you. A hundred percent. And, you know, just go back to John's offering there with, with Force on the previous session, Employee engagement begets customer engagement. It all starts with internal service quality. All of your success on the revenue side comes when your employees, when your salespeople are engaged, motivated, loyal, retained, obviously. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, but this attention that you pay internally is where is the front end of all of the rewards that come down the line. If you're not treating your people well, how are they going to treat the customer well? If they're not motivated, how are they going to convey that enthusiasm and opportunity excitement to the, the prospects and customers that they're working with every single day? And, and just to loop this back into video, doing it in plain typed out text just isn't the same thing. And so this idea where you can look someone in the eye with your natural body language, if you're, I'll give a caution here. If you're not sincerely excited about your product or service, if you're, if you're reaching out to recruit someone or engage someone to be a member of your team, and you're not sincerely excited about the opportunity you present them, do not record and send videos, because that will come through. 
If you are sincerely excited for your prospect or your customer or your potential recruit or your current team members, definitely use video because there's no better way to communicate that except in person. So this is you face-to-face at scale. So no one likes the way they look and sound. It does require a little bit of practice. It is a basic new skill. You're overjudging yourself. I promise if you send that video that I just performed, that thank you video on the next break, Jeff is not going to reply and say, dude, what the hell? You're standing in a hotel uh, lobby that was not very well lit and your collar was turned funny. No one cares but you. They care when you look them in the eye and you say nice things about them or you solve their problem or they uh, you know, learn something from you. That's what people want. They're not judging you the way you are. So if you, play the, if you record a simple video on your webcam or your smartphone and you play it back, you're going to find 18 reasons not to send it. Send it anyway because the other person's not going to find those. I'll say we have, we have um, one of the big four companies. They used to be accounting companies. Now they're consulting companies. Their managed services division uses this to reach into Fortune 50 companies. Companies, and they're getting positive replies, like with webcam videos in their offices. They're not these like nice camera rigs with professional audio and all of this other stuff. It's about human connection, period. I know it sounds soft, but that's all this is. So what, what, how do we operationalize this? Like, wh- what are the steps required to actually saying, okay, this is a great idea, to okay, my team is deploying video in a systematic and scalable way. Good call. And and I'll I'll, I'll answer this by also trying to answer part of your earlier question as well. You're going to need to prescribe where the video belongs out of the gate. So you're going to, again, as the leader or manager, you're going to look at the sales cadence. You're going to find a few spots and you're going to say, okay, this is a spot for a canned video where each of my reps is going to record this video once. And every time we get here, it's going to go out over and over automatically or manual. It doesn't matter. But here, if this happens, then we definitely want to do a truly personal video because it's a, it's a big enough deal or it's an important enough stage of the process. And, and you're going to prescribe these things. That's something that we do all the time. Again, we've been at this for a decade, and so we can walk that through with you and help you find the right spots and even approximately what to say. And then what's going to happen is a handful of folks, because I've seen this happen so many times, a handful of people are really going to take to it, and they're going to start mixing it into other things that they do. Some people are going to hold back. They're going to be cold. They're going to be slow. They're not going to adopt it. And then at a certain point, either A, you're going to mandate it, and it's just another activity that has to be checked off. You've got to get these activities done. And we have an account that's just killing it. They're, they're averaging about three or four videos a day per seat, truly personal videos, because it's mandated. It's a, it's a quota. But even beyond the quota, there are going to be a handful of people who get those early wins that A, are going to motivate other team members, but B, are going to motivate them, and they're going to start finding spots for video beyond what you're already prescribing. So to operationalize it, look at your flow. Find where do I need to build human connection and have someone feel like they know me before they meet me? When do I need to uh, manage emotion or tone? And or when do I need to explain detail or nuance or complexity? When can I put something that's boring or hard to understand in three paragraphs and instead just look someone in the eye and explain it. And those are a few types of things that you would look for in a cadence to find out where it belongs. Besides a lack of sincerity, you, are t- you, know, you sort of alluded to that. Mm-hmm. If you don't really believe in the mission, then it doesn't really work. What are the other worst practices, things not to do? How can we mess it up? Making it about yourself. I think a lot of another reason people don't do it is um, you were talking about this on another episode of the Sales Hacker Podcast where you were a little bit resistant to LinkedIn. It was a little bit, hey, look at me. I'm not really feeling this. I see people feel self-promotional. People look at video the same way. And this is not about video for your LinkedIn feed, although it's a great place for video to go. This is about a simple personal video to three people over in that account or to one of your team members or, you know, this is targeted specific personal video that we're talking about here. And so... um, you're going to feel like 
maybe uh, this is about me. If you make it about you, it's not going to be effective. It needs to be about the other person and the, the, the positive news, the bad news, the information, the training, the education, whatever the purpose of the video is. As long as you make it about the other person, you're gonna be fine. If you're simply looking to put out some shallow, boring, self-promotional message, just go ahead and type it once and shoot it out to 10,000 people because there's no reason to spend your time making that into a video. It's not, it's gonna be a little bit more effective than plain text, but ultimately, every single message that you and your sales reps are sending are training people to open or delete the next message. Every single one you send gives them another sign that, oh, they're sending me interesting and useful things, I will continue to proceed. They're not consciously thinking this, they're not openly saying, oh, their brain is recording it and looking for a pattern. When I get an email from a someone at this company, this company name or even this email address, it's useful to me or it's not useful to me. And so you might get a little extra attention by sending a video, especially the way that we do it. We take the first three seconds of the video and make it an animated preview. When we launched animated previews, it created a 49% lift in video play rate. But if, if someone actually clicks play, like getting the video play is just like getting the email open. Like it's a necessary precursor to getting the ultimate outcome that you seek. But if someone opens the email and there's a discrepancy between the subject line that got them to open and the contents, or someone clicks play and it's shallow and self-promotional, you're training them never to watch a video again. So I would say as long as it's value-based, it's specific, it's targeted, it's intentional. Another easy way to your operational question, thank you is a great place to start. Start your Thursday with a thank you Thursday habit and come into the office 10 minutes early. In 10 minutes, you can send five to 10 videos to prospects, customers, employees, peers, whoever, people in your network, folks in the Revenue Collective, just reach out and say thanks. Hey, you know, I dropped that message in Slack the other day. You know, I, I know I thanked you there. I just want to take you another minute and let you know that I followed up on that advice. It was super, super helpful. Man, it was, I just really appreciate being in this group with you and I hope you have an awesome Thursday. All right. I'd love to see that. Uh, Ethan, beyond video, I'm going to challenge you now. You wrote a book about rehumanization. So what are the other, and you're also the VP of marketing for BombBomb. So what are the other strategies beyond using video that you're using to demonstrate authenticity, humanity, originality, sincerity over the course of the customer experience when you're deploying new strategies and tactics into BombBomb? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it comes from what John presented earlier, which is who is the customer in this circumstance, what do they need? What do they want? What do we know about them? And as personal as you can make that. And so obviously we, we've shifted to a lot more uh, outbounding over the past few years. We were over 90% inbound on all of our opportunities as recently as four years ago. And so in that shift, you just get as personal as you can. And um, empathy is the key. Who is this? Who, why would someone engage with me? I guess from a marketing standpoint, this is true of video and any other touch. Why should someone read this LinkedIn post? Why should someone play this video? Why should someone open this email? We can get clear on what's in it for them before you ever type a word or before you ever hit record. You're in a better position to win. I think from an organizational standpoint, a clear set of core values and a sense of purpose and a mission. For us, that's a set of clear set of core values, a broad statement about what we're trying to do in the world, which is rehumanize the planet by helping businesses rehumanize their communication. I think that also puts you in a position to have that alignment that's necessary for people to, to put the right stuff first. Our core values are relationships, fun, humility, flexibility, and service. Uh, and I think they're just basic qualities of a decent human being when you hire to those and you manage to those and you, hire, and you 
fire by those if necessary. Um, I think that also puts you in a position to be a more human organization because when you look around at the people in your life, you'd maybe like them to be relationship oriented, have fun, operate in service, be humble and be flexible. When you're, so you're, you're the VP of marketing, right? Uh, my title changed. Oh. I, I'm, I'm a... You have a worldview. Man about the marketing team <laughs> and trying to work alignment across uh, sales and CS as well. Well, let's talk about alignment. So yeah. how, do we, how do you drive alignment specifically with your sales and CS counterparts? Is it, and for example, is your marketing organization, are you all incentivized, comped, or metriced on things like leads and MQLs, marketing qualified leads, pipeline generated, revenue? How does... How does the marketing organization at BombBomb, how are you incentivized and rewarded? Yeah, we've got a foot in the old world and a foot in the new world. You know, if you look at our KPI board now for the entire organization, half of it is new revenue, half of it is retained revenue, and then we break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. So in a leadership meeting that Johnny and I attend, along with a variety of other people in the company, we're talking about kind of the high-level metrics, and we're doing that as a team, and then we break back out. We do still do... Uh, we. We still pay attention to MQL, SQL, SAL. From a marketing standpoint, demo requests, like that's one of our number one jobs is to give the BDR, SDR team opportunities to, to reach out to that aren't necessarily free trials. We, have soft, we offer a software service online that allows you to record and send videos from Gmail, Outlook, Salesforce, Outreach, our own web app, our own mobile apps, and a variety of other instances. And so we need to drive free trials. We need to drive demo requests. Is revenue or uh, just overall st organizational pipeline, qualified pipeline? No, not that yet. We're not that well integrated. I mean, what, I mean, we're at the point where we're trying to create a process that's customer-based from first touch through renewal and expansion on the CS side. And so we're still figuring out where is the best handoff on a, you know, if you do a, a deal that's, um, you know, 50K ARR, when does the AE let go of that and turn it over exclusively to the CSM? We're, you know, we're, What's your current answer to that question? I, I would defer to Johnny on that. It really, it really depends on the relationship between the AE and the CSM, right? So a CSM is going to be involved at some point early on, but the full handoff at this point, you know, we have a number of processes that need to be matured, and so there's no hard line there. It's, it's in part dependent on the nature of the account, the nature of the relationship of the AE with the account, as well as the AE with the CSM, as well as the CSM with the account. There's kind of this soft flow there, and it's kind of, it's really case by case. Have you defined what percentage of pipeline or revenue marketing is expected to contribute to the sales organization? Is it that you're expected to contribute 100%? You're 100% influenced. How do you think about how much of revenue is responsible within the marketing organization? We're uh, sufficiently immature at that point that revenue is exclusively in sales right now as a metric. Okay. And we, we take responsibility for the precursors to that. All of the precursors, though? Largely, some of the outbound stuff, of course, is still on the sales side. And yeah. so some of, some of the revenue opportunity and some of the pipeline starts in sales and stays in sales. And we feed that sometimes with help, content, campaigns, et cetera, ads maybe. Cool. Last question. And sure. then we can, uh, I wanted to sort of figure out more that the pay it forward part of it, figuring out who your influences are, what books we should be reading other than your book, of course, which is who do the SDRs or BDRs. Do you call them BDRs or SDRs? What do you call them? We have both. What and, is the difference? That's a really good question. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, I honestly, I can't tell you. It was, it was BDR for a while, and then it was SDR and BDR. I think it depends on whether it's uh, mid-market or SMB, or whether it's Who inbound or outbound. Who do they report to? Uh, they report to a BDR manager that rolls up to our VP of sales. Cool. Great information. All right. Um, so, the, yeah. What were you going to say? Influences? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Okay. Contemporary people who you can connect with online and go see in person right now uh, on the marketing side, I really like Anne Handley. Her first book that she did with CC Chapman was called Content Rules. That was really important for me as I was transitioning out of uh, writing, producing, and editing television spots and running teams of people doing the same into digital marketing, brand building online, social content, et cetera. But more importantly, everybody writes. I know I'm speaking about video and that, that your face is more valuable than a block of plain typed out text. But Anne Hanley wrote, uh, everybody, write, uh, everybody Writes, and it is, uh, it's essentially the rehumanize your business of writing. And I highly recommend it to everyone in this room and anyone else that has ever looked at something that one of your sale- team members have uh, typed up and sent and you've really been embarrassed buy it because it's so poorly written and there's misspellings that are not the fault of autocorrect and the punctuation sucks. This is a great book. It's fun to read and it's easy to read. Sangram Vajra, I don't know how many of you know him or follow him online, uh, but he's a terminus, kind of really leading that account-based marketing charge. And just uh, both of those people, Anne Hanley and Sangram Vajra, are both walk the talk, practice what you preach, like living what they teach kind of people, and I really admire that. There's integrity in word and deed, and they're both, um, they've both been more than generous with their time with me for no reason except that I was interested in, and reached out to engage them. So um, I, I like both of them. Personally, I had a, a really good early mentor when I was in college um, who gave me an internship at the local Fox station in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I grew up. Later hired me, then referred me to a job with Microsoft, then referred me to another job, and um, has just been a really good friend and mentor for a long time. Awesome. If folks are listening, watching, hearing, and want to reach out to you, are you okay with that? What's your preferred method of contact? I welcome contact by email. I'm Ethan, E-T-H-A-N, at bombbomb.com. I welcome any thoughts, feedback, questions. Um, You can also hit me up on LinkedIn. It's just Ethan. Last name is Butte, B-E-U-T-E. I'm spending more time on LinkedIn than I was, say, four or five years ago. It is a very crowded space, but I think if you cultivate it well, it can still be fun and effective. Are you doing video on LinkedIn? I am doing video on LinkedIn, not a ton of videos for my desk. So this, the podcast, I'm recording video in the podcast, but releasing clips of it as well in order to, to create some standalone pieces. So uh, if you're seeing video from me lately, it's probably pieces of conversations I'm having with sales, marketing, and customer success professionals about how to create this alignment all around in the spirit of creating and delivering a better experience for customers. Like that's the theme of the whole thing is like, how do we do this? There's a lot of talk around it, but what does it really look like in real seats? Awesome. Some of the stuff you're doing here. Cool. Fantastic. Let's go to any questions out there. Q&A. Yep. So she's asking about, um, this is a really common, uh, common uh, concern, which is when you're adding video into an SDR's process, how do you make sure that it's not slowing them down and taking them too much time? Is this, is this the question? Good. So um, A, again, some of these videos can be evergreen. Record it once, send it over and over again. It's as fast and easy as sending an email that's already been written. It's an email that has a little bit of text with the video. By the way, that's another pro tip. You don't send the video on its own. You need to use text along with the video. They complement each other. You give a line of text to support why the video should be played, what's in it for the person who received it, and then at least another line of text to drive the ultimate call to action that should be in the video as well. The text works together with the video. It should not be redundant. 
redundant. If it is redundant, there's no reason to watch the video. So, so some of these can be evergreen, right? Record it once, do it over and over again. The other benefit of picking these spots, either a trigger event, like when this happens, I send a video. When you prescribe this in a flow of someone who's essentially doing the same series of tasks kind of over and over, they're gonna get really, really good at doing that message. Right? If they're only doing two or three videos over the course of their day or their week, and there's essentially the same message, it's just a few things that are changing. It's 75% the same video. You might ask yourself, why wouldn't you just do, the, do them all evergreen? One, because saying the person's name and speaking specifically about what you know about them, just a couple nuggets right off the top, really that, that time and attention cannot be faked. And so if someone's taking 45 seconds out of their day to add a truly personal video into an, an email that's otherwise already written, it's 45 seconds, right? So this is another theme that I hear all the time is like, oh, my activity count is down. There's this, I think there's a little bit of an over-worship of activity count and an underappreciation for what activities really matter and what are, what are the activities good for, right? Activities are means to an end. Activities in and of themselves don't have any necessary or inherent value. The activity is a means to an end. And so if someone takes 45 seconds to record a video before sending that, and that reduces their, their overall activities from 120 a day to 110, but the 10 that are missing are less valuable than the five that were added, the net result is going to be positive. I think in the beginning, video will be slower and, and more difficult. But as soon as you do the same video, which is a thank you so much for, for taking the appointment with me. Here's one thing positive. Here's one objection that I'm going to readdress. And here's the next step, right? That's the formula for the video. By the time they do it 10 times, it's going to be so easy. It's going to be second nature. And in general, we speak four times faster than we type. So if any of your, the messages are actually being created on the fly in a typed out email, video is going to be faster in, in a lot of those cases, period. Sure. Jamie McLeod. Yes. You project well. Oh, we're getting near the video, the microphone. I love the personal nature of how you start getting messages delivered in your description. Have you seen effectiveness in getting third parties to deliver a message on your behalf to a prospect or a client? So I'm in a sales cycle. I want the CEO to send them a message on our behalf saying we're really excited about you considering us or even adding a product expert to help explain a product feature. Does that work well? Yes, absolutely. It, because what it does is it starts to humanize the entire organization. And so um, I, I hear a couple things there. I'll offer just a few more use cases on that. One, we've seen a lot of success when we have a really good a sale closing on the line. So we do a bunch of SMB business in addition to mid-market. And uh, especially in an SMB space, when someone is, has a really good demo and they're buying on the spot, we'll get them to record a video for someone that they refer to us. Hey, do you know anyone else that this would be a benefit to? It seems like you, you have five different ways you could use this tomorrow or today even. Do you have anyone else that might be a benefit to? Oh, cool. Let's, let's record a video together and then send it to that person. Another one, though, is this kind of peer-to-peer -peer piece. Your CTO sending into their, their CTO. Your CEO sending into the decision maker or to their CEO. Just to, to, to reinforce what you know about that account and what's going positively address objections. So the more faces that you can share without putting them all on planes earlier in the process, the better. Did that address it? Or, or do you have a more specific 
Actually, I, I wasn't expecting you to say it would be a bad thing to do. I was hoping right. you might illustrate it with, it works really well, but here's the pitfall you need to avoid. Is there any, any scenarios where it's, it's bombed and not bomb, bomb, not, not right. gone well? Yeah. It's funny how that term has, it like goes both ways. Like Forbes, for example, calls the least read article of the month the bomb. But then again, I just saw someone on LinkedIn was like, this girl's the bomb.com. You know, like, ah, oh, that's really positive. Anyway, it's like bad. It really freaked my dad out when we were much younger. Like bad. I thought bad was bad. No, bad's good. Um, anyway, um, so uh, I don't really have any cautions. I think as long as as long as the um, as long as the executive knows who they're sending to, why they're sending it, and what the intention or value is desired on the other side. And these are some, by the way, it's not totally inappropriate to take someone who is adept at a camera and instead of having your executive. Um, you know, sit at the webcam. If they're not comfortable doing that and they would prefer to have someone walk in with a nice camera and record a video, upload it in and send it on their behalf, that's totally fine too. I mean, there's some, there's some hands-off ways to use, use video platforms as well. I think it's actually a really, really smart touch because again, it, it allows, you cannot fake the time and attention of a one-to-one -one video period, even if it's 10 seconds. 30 seconds. You cannot fake that. And people feel that difference. And so when your executives can reach out peer-to-peer -peer into these other organizations or to the decision maker and speak specifically to what they know about the account, it just shows a level of care and attention inside your organization that represents your company really, really well, even if it's just a simple handheld smartphone video. Last question. Can you speak a little bit about how your experience with that or the that effectiveness or how your organization supports that? Yes, absolutely. We, we use Zoom all the time. Uh, Zoom, again, our whole goal is to have people feel like they know us, to be able to read their... In the case of Zoom, it takes it to another level. So what we've been talking about, what BombBomb does is make it, make it super easy to record and send videos and then track the results to know who's opening, clicking, playing, when, who, how often, etc. Zoom, of course, is live synchronous video. So what Zoom does is overcome the distance that keeps humans apart, right? So any two people anywhere in the world can get together face-to-face -to -face as long as they have an internet connection and a camera, which we all do. I have one in my pocket right now. You probably all do too. Some of you have them in your hands. So that overcomes distance. What we do is we help overcome time and distance. So the asynchronicity of these recorded messages, you can sit at your desk and pop out five thank you videos at the end of your day or the beginning of your day, in the middle of the day, whatever. And some, one person's going to open it up immediately and click play and experience you in person in that moment. Someone else is going to do it five minutes later, someone five hours later, someone maybe even five days later. So that asynchronicity is it gives them this across the table over coffee or lunch moment with you. Where Zoom is... Are you still good Thursday at four? Oh, no, you're not. Okay, how, what does Friday at 10 look like? No, no, 10 your time. No, no, 10 my time, right? There's the synchronicity piece there. Zoom, though, I super highly recommend it. I do all my podcast recordings on Zoom because it's super helpful to see the other person and to have them see me, to feel the energy, to see when the other person's smiling, to feel like when there's maybe a break in the conversation, that little pause that allows you to ask that follow-up question, those kinds of things. And so I highly advocate for whether it's Zoom or another service, I think if you're doing online demos and appointments and not getting there physically in person, you should be doing that on video as well. And I will say there's a uh, complimentary component there where once your people are comfortable seeing and hearing themselves on these Zoom meetings, they're in a much better position to be comfortable in a recorded video as well, even though in the, in the live moment, Right? When you turn your camera on the first time, you're in that moment of judgment of yourself, that vulnerability, that fear, and all that stuff. But once the conversation gets going, you're not in your own head anymore. With the recorded video, 
there's a chance to stay in your own head a little bit until you get basically comfortable. I say the number is 10. Once you get 10 out the door, I guarantee you're going to get two replies back that let you know that this is a different and better way to work. There's research in the book about that it's also a more personally satisfying way to work. So you'll be more fulfilled in the process and you'll feel closer to the people that you're sending videos to, which really makes all of this even more worth it than whatever your exit's going to be. Thank you, Ethan. Let's give Ethan a round of applause. Everyone at Sam's Corner. Hope you liked that interview from the Revenue Collective offsite that we hosted last fall with Ethan Butte. I think Ethan made a lot of really interesting points, but I think the most important one is just really around authenticity and around using different types of communication mechanisms like video, but also anything. It can be email, it can be LinkedIn messaging. The point isn't about what the medium is or what the type of content that you're creating is. I think the point is really about being yourself and being human and being authentic and engaging with the people that you're trying to reach out to. I think so many of us, where we either are SDRs and we're reaching out to people and sometimes just putting things into a sequence and letting them run without a lot of thought, or we are on the receiving end of those messages and they just do not feel they don't feel authentic. I think when people talk about humanizing, and that is a word that is probably controversial and overused at this point, but when people talk about humanizing, what they mean is creating authentic interaction at scale, which candidly is a little bit of an oxymoron. It's not probably logically possible to truly do that, but the way that you get closer to it is by not overthinking the type of of content, the type of message that you're creating, and really just embracing the opportunity to be more human and to be more present and to be more nuanced. And I think that's one of the things that video helps us do. It helps create context and tone in a way that email obviously doesn't. How many of us have been on the receiving end of an email that reads like the person's being a total asshole, and when you actually talk to them in person, you realize that that's not the case. And that's where video can really add a meaningful component to what you're doing as it relates to sales engagement and sales outreach and just making sure that as you talk to your customers, as you talk to people out there, that you are incorporating these new technologies in the right way. Now, video itself isn't new, but using kind of homemade slash ad hoc videos in the context of your sales communication, I think is new. And I think the thing we want to remember is be yourself, be human, be real. Because I just think that the days of like canned marketing messaging, bombing everything all over the world and expecting that to work, I think those days are are really numbered. So those are my thoughts. We thank Ethan for being on the show. He's going to be back on Friday Fundamentals. Before we go, we want to thank our sponsor. That sponsor is Outreach, the leading sales engagement platform. Outreach supports sales reps by enabling them to humanize communications at scale. There we go. We said it again. From automating the soul-sucking manual work that eats up selling time to providing action-oriented tips on what communications are working best, Outreach has your back. If you want to reach out to me, you can. LinkedIn.com forward slash the word in forward slash Sam F. Jacobs. If you're curious about Revenue Collective, go to RevenueCollective.com. We've got an associate program for up and coming folks, and we've got an executive program for executives. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.